Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Party Business Podcast. I'm Chris, your lore master, and the person who's super excited to just get right on into the episode today. Kind of left on a crazy moment last time. Um, And uh, not only that, we're fully converted to 2E now. So lots of things to do, lots of ground to cover in this one. So I'll, I'll keep this brief, but thanks again for listening. So happy that you're here. We had some great responses from new listeners catching up or listening to uh, two weeks ago's episodes uh, for the first time. So it's been really great seeing everyone's response. We're so excited to get back to it and uh, see what everyone else is up to uh, on their fellowship phase here, their Yule fellowship phase to keep the second edition terminology. Of course, first, we're going to have to resolve the craziness. But if you do want to give us a shout out or talk to us in any way, the uh, show notes has our email in it and a website, all the places we are all over the place. So if you want to talk to us, please, we love talking, love geeking out. Um, so we'd be excited to have you write in. Other than that, we're going to get to this episode because it's a long one. We really take our time fleshing out everyone's backstories getting some drama in there, getting some fellowship moments in there. And it goes a little long, but uh, it's absolutely worth it. So without much further ado, here is episode 18 of the Party Business Podcast called Cold Rumors. The kid, you sit in the room of your parents. A cold has descended upon this room and a darkness has fallen that's Deeper than evening falling. And as you hold your mother's decayed hand, you've heard this otherworldly voice seemingly to have come out of her. Her mouth is like slightly agape. This gargle rises. That said, Child. You do not hold your loved one. You hold your doom. I am the chained one. The gibbet king. He snatched back his hand. He's like, uh-oh. Hold on. Rutro Raggy. Pause. <laughs> Pause. Yeah, wait. Freeze. You're probably wondering how I found myself. <laughs> <laughs> you run. You run down the hall and like start going through doors in the hallway, and this this uh, corpse is just chasing you. In and out. <laughs> it's fast mode. God. Okay, you draw back, and you hear. This voice continue talking to you. You have failed before you began. On this path, there is only death. Not just for you, but all that you love. Hold up. <laughs> is this my fault? Hold on. <laughs> Um, I think he, he, he stumbles backwards, right? Or like he, he walks backwards 
Okay. Just like, uh, what row? Uh-huh. The kid says, the kid says, Gadzooks. <laughs> <laughs> Jinkies. Um, <laughs> um, he's, he's walking backwards and he asks, what are you here for? I guess he just asked, answered that though. <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm like player slash character. Am in shock. <laughs> yeah. The kid says, uh, "I'm very sorry. This is my first time. I don't know what to say." <laughs> first course is talking. The number you're me. trying to reach is voice mailbox is full. <laughs> <laughs> the dial-up noises. <laughs> um. I'm going to say that you need to roll before we do anything else. What? You need to roll a valor because you feel just the shadow starting to take you. But the belt, the belt. (laughs) Come on, belt. Come on. Does she get a bonus for the Athelus like still wafting in the room or? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm just having a bad trip. That's what this is, right? (laughs) Yeah. What is in this? It was because, like, of the absolutely bonkers, like, thing that you're seeing right now that is detrimental to the kid, I assume. Um, You would get four shadow points. Four? But with the Ethelast going, there's a little well somewhere deep down inside you that is just enough of this spring of hope in you. It's it's being covered. It's like under moss uh, in your in yourself. But there's a little spring of hope from this at the last. So you're fighting against two shadow points. So go and roll your wisdom to see what you get. Wisdom or sorry, sorry, sorry. Valor, Valor, yeah. Okay. Should have spent points in that. <laughs> okay, wait. How many? I'm rolling twice? Uh, you're rolling your d12 plus however many uh-huh. pips you have. That's how many oh. d6s you roll. Sixes. And I, by I, the way, I asked for you. The, your pips are uh, d6. Just so <laughs> sounds got it. Yeah. Thank you. Just, Thank you. just here, here to help. He's a two E master. That's something I've known from the very beginning. Episode. Absolutely, <laughs> I've now, always known. You've been very generous to our audience, at least. <laughs> okay, I rolled a twelve and a one and a four, so seventeen. Okay. Automatic success. Hell yeah! Um, got that hope in me. You've got that the hope. kid rips his robes off. Fight me, Shadow! You, um, you still take one Shadow point instead of oh. two. You so could cancel time. others if you rolled sixes. Um, but you didn't. Just roll better, Han. Jesus. I got the Listen. 12! What do you want from me? Aaron Jesus made myself. his choice. Aaron Jesus made his choice. <laughs> Our Holy Father. um so you know you were able to fight a little bit but it's still it's just the scene is detrimental to you and you ask uh why are you here um and it says you think you've had victory in the mountains in the mountains all will fall to darkness What's a what's a what's a Middle Earth swear word? <laughs> um, I already asked this. 
<laughs> we've done we've done this. Um, gobbledygook. I grab Thar's hammer. Well, no. gobbledygook. Um, uh, s- smog's beard. I don't know. <laughs> smog's Durin's beard. beard. <laughs> uh, I still have my weapons on me, right? Yeah, you you're you're, you're strapped up. Fully, you're fully yeah. equipped. You the kid attack your mom? His demon possessed mom. <laughs> well, that's that's the struggle. I don't. <laughs> that's the struggle. I think at least I have my bow drawn. Okay. Um, and he just. So, I'm afraid of turning and running and showing my back. So I'm just gonna slowly back out of the <laughs> back out of the room <laughs> with my bow. <laughs> <laughs> Botron. Okay. You saw like, you know in the horror movies, that's how you get God. Yeah, true. that's true. The kid is a fan of horror and is not gonna be that guy. Yeah. Uh, the kid has seen Nightmare on Bree Street. Yeah. <laughs> Nightmare before Christmas. Nightmare, Nightmare before Yule. Yeah. Yeah, the nightmare before Yule. Oh my god. That's good. Um <laughs> He he does he he does. He... Is it a is it a Yule movie or a Halloween movie? I don't know. <laughs> Die Hard. Um, <laughs> he he does knock a bow and then he says, "Let them go." I think as he's backing out slowly. <laughs> Please, this voice, this voice laughs. <laughs> they are already gone. I am just you. There's nothing left. He has nothing left. (laughs) You should lie down with your parents and join them in the abyss. For your existence is a cage more hopeless than even I could devise. He fires without aiming. Okay. And books it. Okay. You fire. You don't even look. This arrow goes into the room somewhere, and you run out of your house, open the door, sprawl into the streets, you're sweating, you're breathing hard, you slam the door behind you. Nothing follows. You feel for a moment this chill kind of move by you, almost like someone passing you on the street, but you're alone. It's dark, it's night. The merchants have all gone home. The oil lamps along the street are lit. And this chill passes you, and you see all those little flames just flicker as this chill passes you. But it leaves you. And you're left feeling a normal, cool night, but not this iciness going into your heart. You're left only with the memory of what just happened. What do you do? Curl up into a ball, <laughs> baby. <laughs> Bad Fe- coping mechanism. Hell yeah. The kid, the kid, position. Is, the rel- the kid is the most relatable character. <laughs> yeah, I think of, of everyone. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. If you saw this happen. There's no way you don't go into a ball and just yeah. a full fetal of position. Yeah. You just you see a message on the ground with a white shadow emoting like falling on their knees and the message just writes 
oh, you don't have the right. Oh, you don't have the right. Also, don't have the right. Oh, you don't have the right. So that's that's a popular message in Elden Ring. That <laughs> in front of any closed door that you can't open. <laughs> Written in blood on a wall is Latache. Yeah. There's, that's, there's that's no one cool. around, right? There's no one here. One, I don't think he feels like there's anyone who can help him. Two, he doesn't really super know what's going on. Yeah. Um, three, he's still dealing with the fact that he did all that work for nothing. Um, and the truth is out. Uh, he's real spooked. Gotta say that. It's quite creepy. Spooky um, scary. <laughs> very scary. <laughs> um... <laughs> The kid, so... the kid, the kid, the kid is firing <laughs> arrows into the darkness, <laughs> just ah! pa- panic that's, that's shooting. That's not how I'd react, <laughs> yeah. to, to be right? Fair. Just like, um, and uh, I think there's there is a weird part of him that's just like, even though he knows like his parents are gone, he doesn't know, he doesn't quite want to hurt them. Um, yeah. So that's why he did that. So he, I think I like. No joke, I think he's just curled up in a ball. Maybe against the wall somewhere. Um, because the, the cold, he doesn't feel the cold anymore, right? No, the, the cold like passed, and, like coming out of the house almost, it passed you. And okay. uh, it's gone. So now. I, I and the cold he, never bothered you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he let it go. <laughs> Alright, good night everyone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm here so, all um, I think he... he runs an, a big distance away from the house and then just finds a corner to just be. Yeah. On the streets of Dale at night, the kid just can't really put all of it together and just collapses in a corner somewhere on a street. And that's kind of the scene we leave the kid on for now. Think Jesus. about, like... Yeah. <laughs> Do I get any rewards? <laughs> so uh, I'm gonna put a few skills in. A... <laughs> yeah, do, do I get any adventuring or skill points for that? So, uh, let's meet patron. I don't. Um, be Maybe think... travel. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how you go from this to a fellowship endeavor. But I, I would like to that compose list. a song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does Lincoln Park exist? <laughs> I should in my mother's skin. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this was a mistake. Oh, these wounds, this they good. will not heal. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, actually, you just need um, like 10 days, depending on the severity of the wound. Um, <laughs> but that's where we leave the kid. Uh, Han, I would have like, go ahead and think about what are these other endeavors for think a about fellowship. what you want to do with your life. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do? Um, I never want like, maybe the kid's story is, is this is it. You know, like I, I, I don't want it to be. Obviously, I think the kid has a great story ahead of him. I also don't want to tell you what to do with your character. So, like, look through those endeavors. Be really loosey-goosey about what those uh, mean. You know, like, don't feel, Mm -hmm. like, restricted. And think about um, 118 of... Thank you. God damn it, how the fuck do I know that? That's so annoying. Uh, (laughs) That's the fellowship. 120 gets you past the the start of the chapter. Jesus. Yeah, that's... uh, 
the beginning of the fellowship stuff and then you go down to the endeavors it's like step four and god bless him god, i can't believe and choose <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, Nerd. I can speak in Mystery Science Theater quotes and Lord of the Rings page numbers for the One Ring. So that's where I'm at in my life. And um, these are event types, right? Yeah. So basically all of those are available to you because we're in a Yule Fellowship. So you can do any one of those that you'd go like. Get that, um, go get that belt appraised. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway. Just sleep it off. See how much and that then belt like, will... You know what? Kid comes back with a wad of cash and yeah. no belt. Right? <laughs> Every cloud has a silver lining. <laughs> I got a fancy belt. <laughs> Everything's uh, good. Traded the van for can... it straight up. <laughs> so, good news. Can... Antique Roadshow. comes back with grills. <laughs> Antique Roadshow was in town. Apparently that belt was very valuable. <laughs> Ted's like, why aren't you wearing the belt I gave you? Uh-uh. <laughs> I traded it in for a Black Lotus magic card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe Rory's going to find you in the street. I don't know. But we'll we'll come back to you. We'll come back to Rory. So Rory has a little, like, Josh has a little time to think about maybe how does he incorporate this? I don't know. So mm-hmm. come back to Dale in a second. Um, let's go back to the Wilderland proper and uh, take a look at what Cadvera, Yurik, or Ted is doing. Um Let's go ahead and let's see if we can lighten the mood a little. Uh, Ted. Yeah, there you go. That's good. Yeah. Go to the Ted, uh, yeah. Ted, Ted wants to... to go check. Ted wants to go check in on the kids' parents. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just feel compelled. <laughs> Ted, uh, Ted starts to feel a cold. Yeah, Ted starts to feel a cold. Um, zombie Bilbo comes out. Of, no, no. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Jeez. Let's ruin the lore yeah. completely. Ruin everything that everyone cares about. Yeah, so this is not canon, right? Yeah, this is uh <laughs> this is what if, Lord of the Rings? <laughs> the zombie Thor and Oakenshield comes out. Yeah. Just this uh Arkenstone, you know, can like we, the, can we power, do a he's like, episode? Yeah. I, Iron Man powered Arkenstone, I don't know. So, Ted, what would you what's your fellowship? Uh, endeavor. Ted is, um, well, the first thing Ted's going to do is he's just going to party for at least two weeks at the Eastern Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um, but his fellowship endeavor is going to be, <laughs> um, I think it's going to be get, uh, getting rumors specifically okay. on treasure. And I was envisioning oh, Ted. Obviously. Uh, yeah, I was envisioning Ted uh, spending some time at the Easterly Inn, trying to you know dig around, talk to people, talk to travelers, while getting extremely drunk most nights and mornings, um, just talking to people and and figuring out like you know where where might some treasure be. Uh, but yeah. then eventually, you know, he he does feel the obligation to to you know. His whole family goes home for Christmas or for Yule every every uh, every year, and so he has to do the obligatory kind of, you know, you can't okay, disappoint everyone's, com- everyone's coming in town. Like dinners this night, like that kind of thing. So he's gonna go to he's gonna go to the Shire as well at some point. Um, and Come a long way. <laughs> yeah. So hey, he's got like two seasons on. He's got almost all of autumn and winter to do this. Yeah. He's just yeah. got to get over the Misty Mountains before snow, like traps oh, yeah. yeah and come back like at spring and considering he's a took or took 
uh, he is also going to, um, he's going to be asking his, uh, his family members about rumors as well. He's just, he's just, uh, you know, kind of giving people the elbows, you know, being a little jolly, but also being like, okay, well, you heard any, uh, interesting things lately about, uh, yeah, I'm sure you're telling some good stories too. Oh yeah. The, I think the first thing you see of, of Ted is that. Like while all this is happening, while all the letters are being read, Ted is is just uh, you know he's just he's he's double fisting two two ales and he's got like three or four empty ones in front of him and he is just he's he is telling this old guy about all the things that just happened and the old guy is basically like Tran from New Girl and it's just like not like he just like had no expression. It's just like and he's just like you should have seen. Oh my gosh, it was incredible. <laughs> uh, and then he just continues to respond to himself whenever the old guy doesn't <laughs> doesn't. Um, so, anyways, and then you know, eventually, eventually, that's big picture. That's where he's headed. Okay. Ooh, so Ted's got some journeying, but uh, we won't play that journey out. You you find some caravan or something to go back to the Shire with. Um, I will say. With your kind of, uh, do you have to roll anything for rumors? I don't remember if that's a one that you have to roll something. Should say in that endeavor. Some of them you have to roll, like, I think. But uh, to kind of reveal how many rumors you have. But it's possible, because I think I might be thinking of 1A as well. It just says, choose this undertaking to receive a rumor from the lore master. Perfect. It doesn't say cool. anything about rolling. Okay. I'm thinking of 1A, because I think, like, in 1A, there was, like, you can gain a certain amount of rumors on good rolls or whatever. But you are burning through, like, something that you could get. So, like, I think it's fair that you get something for sure. Um, okay. So I like that. I like that you kind of party for a little bit and then go back to the Shire, try to see if you can kind of get some words on travelers and, and different things, planning on coming back. Maybe everyone planned on coming back to the Easterly Inn, you know, springtime, um, to see what, you know, you could see and talk about what you learned and try to figure out more about this shadow that seems to be encroaching in Mirkwood and the surrounding areas and the kids home <laughs> um ted before you leave you hear some rumors uh as travelers come by some of the merchants that come by in fact some of the same ones that rory and uh the kid leave with bring some news and uh in the next few days many of the merchants come up from woodland hall and some of the areas to the south to go back over to dale before it gets uh you know, before the days get short and the time inside the forest is even darker than everyone's used to. Um, you, of course, know off the top of your head the uh, anniversary of the Battle of the Five Armies. Um, the feast and celebration that happens because of that is uh, coming up and over the Yule time. Uh, so that's going on in Dale, of course. But you hear some unsettling things from the surrounding area, especially from far to the south. I think some of the rumors you start to hear are refugees, um, especially from the easternmost parts of Gondor, have started pouring in to Dale. It's been a treacherous road. There's no clear road from the south to the north. 
but what little groups have come up, you've heard little rumors here and there of people fleeing orc attacks in the very eastern parts of uh, Gondor, that something is definitely stirring down there. Um, you also hear um, that some of the woodsmen are dealing with sightings of a great wolf in both Mirkwood, but there's also reports from the Misty Mountains as well. So it seems to be traveling. So you learn a little bit maybe about the wolf. Very wolf that you saw is definitely on the prowl. And you're not exactly sure if you're safe on this side of the river or not, because it seems to be that there's some rumors from Mirkwood as well. As you kind of gather this information, you begin to head uh, west. You take some of the caravans, head to the Shire, and um, try to see what kind of information you can gather along the way. Uh, let's take a look. What do I got here? I got a whole list of things. Um, uh, what you do learn, and maybe this is something you can use as you meet uh, new patrons or potential patrons, word is spreading very fast about a group of adventurers that saved a caravan coming over the pass. That word is spreading like wildfire, even outside of the wilderlands. Like Bree is talking about it, like, oh, there's a caravan that left. And like, you hear it in the Prancing Pony too, as you stop for a night on your way back to the Shire. And very quickly, but... Ted is, is, is takes responsibility for it. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> and Perfect. he tells the entire story to every single person he comes across. Yeah. <laughs> As you tell this story, only it only fuels that fire. So soon, especially at the Prancing Pony, where many like uh, errands meet, so to speak, uh, all these people that are traveling from one side of the Misty Mountain to the other, going out to the coast, dwarves and men, and even um, the occasional ranger that comes inside the Prancing Pony, all everyone's talking about like this group that has not not only thanks to your clarification, saved a caravan, killed the new goblin chief himself. That the, the high pass is once again safe. That the goblins have been, like, strewn to the four winds. Um, so you have this story that's, like, kindled. And in the Wilderland, people are starting to even say the names of the people in this adventuring group. That Ted, Took, The Kid, Rory, Yurik, Katvera. These are names that are starting to spread around very quickly. And uh, your fame is starting to kind of uh, take off. And I will say this. From a mechanical standpoint, and we've already started to see it with The Kid, we're going to use a new mechanic called The Eye. You oh, have oh. begun to uh, draw the attention of the forces of darkness. One way or darth it. Another. Not good. Uh, <laughs> so we're doing this something means, right. Yeah, you're doing something right, but there's a price. Oh. Um, what this means is at the beginning of every adventuring phase, you will now roll for uh, well, not roll, but you'll you'll get a starting number. As that number increases, the eye is kind of drawing on you. Now it's not maybe Sauron specifically, but whatever this darkness, this shadow, this chill. 
this voice that the kid has heard is obviously hunting you. And let yes. them come. <laughs> Question. <laughs> huh. Uh when the chill was happening, did everyone feel that? When you were all together, yes. So when okay. uh, you were kind of traveling out of the Misty Mountains and that chill kind of stayed with you longer than it should have, yes. But it was kind of written off as like, eh, weird. Okay. But that stayed with you and Rory all the way to Dale and then you specifically into the house. Wait, so no one else but except us feels that? Um, the f- Seems like it, yeah. The frick? Okay, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is there, I, I guess like that's your gathering rumors there, Ted, is there anything specific you would like to do in the Shire? You, you kind of take this story with you, you hear people talking about it. Now, this is kind of a big thing for your character. You wanted stories when you went back to the Shire and you've got them. And the two, yes. or the, the, yeah, the Tooks are talking about it. The Brandy Bucks are talking about it. People know that, uh, uh, Dodinus and Dindy and Agatha went into the east so you bring news back of them of course um and is there anything else specific you'd like to do ted is um he's obviously excited to tell this story to just about anyone who will listen or even anyone who won't listen but uh he is most excited to tell the story to his family because he being the youngest of his uh many siblings uh, is uh, ha- has part part of the reason why he undertook this is because of a chip on his shoulder of uh, not feeling uh, important enough in the family, and so yeah, he is he is absolutely um, wearing wearing this as just a massive just badge of honor uh, in trying to in trying to gain validation from his family through this story love this he doesn't realize he's trying to gain validation you know he's not that emotionally healthy but um <laughs> and his brother's jed ned fred ted ted is him obviously ted, uh ned. i gotta pull the list up yeah exactly all, yeah, they're all you have a legitimate list hang on i have this oh my god amazing zed. okay zed. <laughs> yeah he, he's yeah, a he's a dj yeah 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 <laughs> And Kevin. <laughs> and Ken. And Ken. Steve? I uh, want a Home Alone spinoff with Ted where they leave him at home. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was like we one of Ted. uh, Ted's early events in life was being left home alone. And he it created all time. these contraptions. Uh, Sharky's <laughs> men were coming into the house. Oh, that's too early. Too early. Um, yeah. yeah. So I like this. I like that you're kind of getting this like validation and this courage almost this like this upwell of like, um, yeah, validation is the best way to put it. And I'm going to go ahead and make a little mechanic out of this. You can add until your next fellowship phase. Um, It will go back down, but you'll get an extra fellowship point to use for your next adventure. So just Ted. no, it's for everybody. So he kind of brings uh, this like spirit of like, huzzah, like back to the group. Um, he brings some pizzazz. Yeah. So like he's right using now, the most fellowship points too out of all of us. Yeah. Uh, the baseline. Well, he's the got table. the most hope. Yeah. Um, 
He's got a ton of hope. Uh, your baseline is six right now for fellowship points. Um, kind of combining two E and one E rules on that for the hobbits, especially. Um, and now you have seven to use for your next adventure. So whatever you used is recouped after this fellowship phase, and you'll get to do that. Basically, what fellowship points are, you can activate um, patron uh, abilities, some of which are badass. So I will, spoiler alert, if you get uh, Bjorn as a patron, you can use all of your fellowship points, whatever you have left, to summon him in bear form to help you. Oh, shit. Like, that's the kind of shit you can do. That's a a perk. It's yeah. like, it reminds me of Battlefront, where you can like summon in the Jedi, you know, summon in. <laughs> Mace Windu yes. has entered the battle. <laughs> exactly. But then you just shoot a rocket launcher at his feet, yeah. and he falls off a bridge. Mace Windu uh-huh. has left the battle. <laughs> how's, how's Vapad Form 7 working for you, Mace? Um, so... You know, obviously Bjorn is a character, <laughs> and he does not exactly like company, so it might be very difficult to get him to be a patron. But, you know, that's the kind of things you can get. Everyone's kind of got their own special abilities and give you more fellowship points, too. So, um, also, fellowship points can be used to replenish your hope. So, if Rory's like, oh, God, I'm next hope, I'm going to be down under my shadow points, and that's no good. You know, I'm going to use, if everyone's okay with it, I'm going to use fellowship point to replenish my hope. Um, well give me one extra hope or two extra, however many you use. So, so yeah, it's kind of like free hope for everyone. It's like this pool of hope for everyone almost. Um, and I'm going to try to use it like D and D inspiration. If you guys do something really cool, I want to give you fellowship points because it like inspires everybody. Right. Um, so that's kind of how we're going to use it. So Ted, congrats. You got some information. You know, there's some darkness like going on canonically, Sauron has returned in Mordor, so that's probably what's happening. <laughs> yeah. One of the last things I'll say is uh, Ted is also, and you can completely just veto this, but one of the things Ted is is curious about is if he can figure out where Bilbo is these days. Yeah. I think, I mean, rumors already, it's been 10 years since rumor uh, Bilbo's come back. So the Shire's already made its decision about Bilbo, this weird kind of recluse um that has gone one too many adventures which means one adventure um <laughs> yeah and um he's definitely mostly at his home in in hobbiton you know so he's definitely a bag end it's fairly reliable that you can see him there or the green dragon you know um he's usually on walking routes around his home as well although he has an uncanny ability that some people have said to just suddenly not be there you think you see him and you're gonna go say hi and he hides in a bush or something like you're not exactly sure but he has a great ability to avoid social awkwardness that he does not want to be a part of um and as the years go by he becomes more and more and more this kind of recluse um and there's even some people that say that he meets dwarves at night and elves at night and you know there's all kinds of rumors about him but He's still at Bag End, and if you were able to figure out maybe a appropriate way to approach him, you might be able to talk to him as well. Yeah, Ted would definitely that... be trying to do that um, at some okay. point while he's in the Shire. Um, he would probably be <clears throat> maybe spreading spreading rumors that he has, has found something that belongs to Bilbo, um, 
things like that. Mm. Um, okay. Just to just to see Love if he that. can get a okay. get an audience. Because yeah. he doesn't actually know Bilbo uh, very well at all, right? I mean, like, yeah. He, but he thinks he he's does. gonna he's gonna smoke him out with that button. That's right, <laughs> smoke him out. <laughs> um. Okay, so I think as you stay in the Shire for a few weeks and you kind of winter there, you start spreading. You talk about your adventure. You talk about the button you found, uh, or at least hint at something you found of Bilbo's. Um. And um, Patrick, you might have to help me remember. What's the Toque like house? Is it the Great Schmeels or Smiles or something, right? Oh, something like um, that. yeah, like Smalls or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's uh... it, basically like the Tooks are almost like the mayors. Like the, they're they're like a super, you know, important family in Hobbiton. They are kind of seen as like. In Crick Hollow, right? <laughs> they don't really have a king, but yeah, Crick Hollow. Yeah, the no. Great Smiles. Crick, yeah, smiles. Yeah, it's S-M-I. a weird spelling. It's like S M E I. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you, Lord of the Rings Online. Um, but you are kind of there, you know, like you're staying with your family. Took borough. Lots of uh, the Great Borough. Yeah. The uh, you're staying with your family. You uh, are talking a lot. You're eating a lot. You're drinking a lot. One night after you walk back from the local inn i think it's a little far from the green dragon there but you walk into your room and you notice it's like cracked open just a little bit and you push it open cautiously and inside a smoking hobbit none other than bilbo baggins is waiting for you so i'm imagining ted uh is like holding groceries and he's like walking back in, and he just and he just drops. He's got and he's got like fifteen bags because he only yeah. wanted to make one trip. Right, exactly. Yeah. I can do it. And he just drops all his groceries and just has his mouth open. And Bilbo has a the pipe in his mouth. Mm. Ted, my boy, good to see you. Uh, you might want to pick up your baguette. Oh, oh, don't oh. want to get that dirty. Oh, uh, oh, oh uh, excuse me, excuse me. And so he just starts, you know, picking things up and trying to trying to clean things. It's just I didn't expect. Uh, I didn't expect company, much less you. Um, I I don't know what to say. I just I just I, it is it is such an honor to see you here. What 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 brings you what brings you out here? He uh, kind of takes. You know, stands up from where he was sitting and he goes, uh, hmm. apologize, I didn't mean to frighten you, startle you, but, uh, heard things about me and you hear, oh, tea. And he, like, goes <laughs> off into the corner, uh, where the kitchen is a little bit and he has obviously already started boiling his own water. He's like, I, don't worry, I, I can, uh, I know my way around a kitchen and I can get us some tea to have a discussion. And uh, as he kind of comes with the pot, you see, he's just kind of fidgeting. Seems a little nervous, puts his hand in his pocket, and then, you know, kind of, you know, wrings his hands out, pours you some tea. He says, well, I uh, am curious, because I'm always looking for a little information about uh, Beyond the Misty Mountains. And I've heard many times that a young Ted Took, the youngest has uh, gone on his own adventure, and I'd love to hear about it. 
and yeah, Ted's face just lights up. It, it, brighter than than it's ever lit up before. Um, <laughs> and, is, oh, and, and then just uh, just just says, "Ah, well, you know, uh, I have gone on quite an adventure recently, and um, I would I would be more than happy to tell you about it." Um, and just like goes, just you know, dives dives straight in. Uh, just kind of tells tells the you know sixty percent more uh, exaggerated version where you know in his favor uh, in certain <laughs> areas, um, and then uh, gets to the point where um, actually it, it's kind of strewn like woven throughout the story. I think he also brings in just like he just can't help it but to say it was it was almost like when you did this and like it was almost like when you did that and and uh i actually was thinking about you when i did this and and how how awesome it was when you did it's kind of like that uh i think it's the chris farley skates like remember when you did that thing that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> i love it so love he kind of kind of goes through this this whole thing and really doesn't I, I I'm imagining him him not even paying any attention to whether Bilbo would like to ask any any questions uh, or anything but just is going at it and then eventually gets to the point where he finds the button and, and then kind of says and then I we found this and then he stops for a minute and he and he's trying to decide like is am I gonna have to give this back if I tell him about this or <laughs> um, I want to give it back but... but then but then he yeah, and then he says, I, I believe that I, in the same uh, the same cave that you might have been, I found a little token that brought me, uh, you say, just a bit of hope during this whole endeavor. And then he kind of pulls up, uh, pulls it out, kind of, kind of uh, moves it around in his hand and uh, shows it to Bilbo and says, does this look familiar to you? Uh, Bilbo takes it, kind of holds it up to, like, like almost someone is appraising a diamond, you know? Holds it up. Well, I'll be. That is mine. <laughs> you have gotten into some adventures. I've been missing these buttons for <sighs> ten years. I uh, don't even use that vest anymore. I would need uh, the rest of them to make a complete set. So unfortunately, I must give it back to you and uh, hope that you take good care of it. And he, he puts it back down on the table in front of you. But if I had any doubt, and I really didn't, that you were telling the truth. Now, I see, you certainly were in the darkest places of the world, weren't you? I believe that I might have been but I it was it was much brighter knowing that uh, I had followed in your footsteps <laughs> um, and Bilbo laughs he uh, obviously is entertained by people knowing his story um, as the night goes on he does ask some questions and mostly it's about he kind of brings out his own journal and map and he marks where you met the goblins. He marks where you've had this, this battle down. And uh, he marks kind of where the Easterly Inn is. You help him fill out these kind of holes in his map of the current situation in the Wilderland. 
And he says, um, Well, Ted, I know it seems that you have some unfinished business in the Wilderlands. I am concerned about this darkness you're talking about. Certain that some interesting folk will be drawn to the Wilderlands. And I would love to know what they are up to, what they have to say, how things play out. If you're willing to go back, if your plans are to meet back up with these friends you've made, if you come back and tell me the stories when you can, I know it's a long, long journey. Oh, I would Any make inf- the journey three, four, five times for good. you. Good. Excellent. <laughs> I would go 500 miles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and I would okay. go 500 more. <laughs> Um, Hans got like giving you the Picard face palm. Um, <laughs> uh, he kind of takes the last bit of his tea and uh, says, "Well, I would love to hear any details you have, and I'll share anything I've heard on my end. I always worry about that area. Things are so fresh, so new there, but exciting. Not like these." dull relatives that want to worry about their parties and most of which don't even have fireworks. <laughs> so <laughs> he knows he, he's laughing like a knowing laugh, even though he like, you know, hasn't seen the type <laughs> no of idea. fireworks that Bilbo has seen, but he just knows that, he, that Bilbo has seen him. So he's like, Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And, uh, Bilbo says, I think we have a uh, long friendship ahead. And I hope that your journeys are safe. As well. And, and you, I, go yeah, ahead. And Ted would say, uh, I, I, um, I, would, I am honored to be uh, your hands and feet in the, in the world as you, uh, as you stay in, um, as you stay in the Shire, I will, I will be your scout. And I will let you know of anything uh, that is happening. And I would be honored to um, help you continue to fill out that map of yours. And uh, one day I would be fascinated to uh, to study that map. Uh, and he says, I always, I'm always happy to hear that someone has an interest in maps like I do. Hmm. Someday, when I feel like it's it's more ready. We can look it over. And mechanically, now, Bilbo is a patron for the group. Um, nice. So now that's something interesting. So was that our uh, free? No. <laughs> no, because you didn't have a patron yet. <laughs> so no, we just get one. Um, I'm. You can get multiple. So as you like, I would not. I was not going to do this, but uh, Tim wanted to look for Bilbo, so I thought it was a good time. <laughs> Um, mechanically speaking, you mm-hmm. get a couple things. You're going to get plus two to your fellowship points. So now you're going to get oh. nine total fellowship points for every adventure. And when you visit Bilbo, so start not this time, but next, you know, other times, basically you can raise, um, your fellowship point by another rating for wow. your next adventuring phase. So... You, you're just getting him at this point. So, but the next, every time you kind of confer with him, 
uh, no matter what you do, if you decide to just talk with him or if you decide to do another fellowship endeavor with him, like that's going to help you uh, basically have an additional, in addition to those two that you get for just having him as a patron, you're going to get an additional fellowship point for that next adventuring phase. So um, basically you can only visit him during a Yule fellowship, but still um, you have him kind of like backing the group and interested in what they're doing and hopeful that you can help him fill out his maps and give him information about what's going on. Um, so highly successful fellowship for 10. Yeah. Um, got some rumors, got a patron. And uh, next, uh, I think that uh, Ted, you'll probably spend the rest of your winter uh, having a nice peaceful time in the Shire before you find a caravan to head back out. Probably some dwarves coming from the Blue Mountains um, over to the Lonely Mountain. Um, to head back to the Easterly Inn where you'll all meet. Um, next, I think I'm very curious about what Yurik wants to do. So, sure. What's your fellowship endeavor? And yeah. let, let's be honest, we're all actually more interested in hearing what Finn is going to be doing. Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what what doggy face, treats let's, will let's be? Face, let's face the facts. <laughs> Yurik, uh, Yurik is gonna present to Finn a big, big, big bowl of kibble, and that is how we'll be. <laughs> that's how we'll be. That's how we'll be spinning our fellowship phase. Um, if, if <laughs> um, like four it's months. The Brad, of it's, it's the it's the uh, the scene Brad Pitt in his trailer feeding his dog. Uh, if from a what was whatever the newest Tarantino. Once film upon was. a time in Hollywood. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the newest Tarantino. No, Yurik, Yurik is heading home. Yurik, Yurik simultaneously wants to kind of huddle up with some other other woodsmen. Um, definitely want, if if I can swing it, um, would definitely like another um, another one on one with Radagast. And uh, I, I'm I'm looking at this point to try and compare some notes. A lot has happened since I've yeah. I've been home, and uh, um, I want I want to kind of trade intel at this point so Yurik's Yurik and Finn are heading home okay get down to kind of Woodman Town um and uh Roscobel is not far you know you're able to see if you can find Radagast pretty easily you have four months to kind of make this happen you rest you take your time you heal a little bit you um you know what is what does Yurik do and is what what's like the most relaxing thing that Yurik likes to do? Is it like smoking or something? Yurik Yurik is gonna head Yurik is heading back into the woods. He likes it. Um, he likes it so that the the sunlight at its strongest, at the highest point of the day, is still kind of dappled and cooled by the 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 canopy. So he likes to stay in the trees, uh, under the canopy, maybe find. Um, some some fresh water some some running water and um and just take a load off him and finn maybe maybe fish a little bit yeah maybe maybe smoke a little bit i think that that's that's how i'm gonna be spending <laughs> spending my time i love that um is this yurik or sean um, <laughs> this, is, this is actually a this is a character from a mark twain book it sounds like so i'm <laughs> yeah I'm, yeah uh or yeah. chris actually yeah um, <laughs> um Okay, I love this. I love that that's kind of like 
the days you're not actively like seeing if Radagast is home, you're just taking your time, healing up spiritually, mentally, physically. It takes a few tries heading down to Roscobel because he's not always there. And Roscobel is kind of weird. It's kind of this little community that's kind of uh, spurred up around Radagast's home that he's known to be at most of the time. But you can't just go up and knock on his door. There's a path that you can walk down. And if he's not home, you walk down that path and find yourself standing in the middle or at the edge of town again. And it's weird. It's like you could see the path and you're walking around it. It curves around some trees and there's the town again. But when he would like for you to be a visitor, when he decides to take your company, you keep going down the path and it does lead to this kind of grass roof house in the middle of not not necessarily like this the dark like humid part of Mirkwood. there's trees it's beautiful the sun rays are coming in it always almost always seems to be like early morning you know it's that bright kind of hopeful light in this area and the fourth time you try you're able to walk down the path with your or with uh Finn, your Yurik. Um, and you go up to his door, before you can even knock on it, opens to his kind of welcome room that's part kitchen, part sitting room, little fire going in the, in the uh, oven that's in the kitchen. And you hear a voice, come, come, come in, Yurik, Finn. Good to have Stay a while and listen. <laughs> yeah. Yurik, Talk a strange folk abroad. <laughs> Yurik kind of in his in his insecurity right now, um, remembering the last interaction with Radagast, kind of picks up on this sort of um, sing-songy way that Radagast calls in Finn, and, and Yurik <laughs> almost feels like a little ashamed, like a little... <laughs> But like second fiddle to the dog now at this point to the hound Aww. like like maybe I'm not I'm not in his good graces anymore um, mm. so you're you're kind of walks through the threshold of the house feeling feeling a little heavy um, feeling a little a little ashamed yeah so you walk in um, you do notice that it seems to be um, do you pro- are you is your tea or coffee or some other drink kind of person yeah, Yurik, um, what time of day is it? <laughs> it's like, 5 o'clock it somewhere, like, baby. feels like morning. It, it feels it's, like it's maybe morning. early morning. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yurik probably just wants a, a Bloody Mary. No, Yurik probably just wants just a, just a, just a black coffee. Something, okay. yeah. Uh, Radagast um, has a little tea ready for himself, but he has just black coffee sitting um, in his little sitting area with two chairs. Um, there's a bowl of water out for Finn and a little kibble, something perhaps he's devised himself. And Radagast uh, sits down, like he, he was walking in the kitchen and then he, he sits down, come, come, here. And, and he, he like holds his hand down for Finn and like he, Finn eats something out of his hand and then kind of sits next to Radagast. Finn is instantly like at home. This is great, you know. And Radagast, please sit. Um, as you sit, he lights up uh, a pipe and goes, please, if, if you'd like to join. 
up to you. Yeah, uh, Radagast is halfway through the sentence, and Yurik's already kind of packing his pipe. <laughs> yeah. Um, says, what brings you to me today, Yurik? Yurik feel, it, Yurik's a little caught off guard by the question, as if like he didn't expect to uh, have to give an account for why he was here and um, <laughs> you know the purpose of the visit. So he's sort of, um, yeah, I, um, yeah, right, of course. And I'm kind of looking around, and I see, um, kind of at my side, I, I see the great shield, and I say, yeah, I, um, yeah, actually, and I, I reach out and grab it, um, and I say to Radagast, yeah, a lot is, a lot has happened since we since we last spoke i found um, i found this and i kind of uh indelicately sort of slam it down on the table a little harder than i meant to just feeling, <laughs> feeling kind of feeling a little like a baby deer on its legs for the first time just feeling sort of out of sorts and uncomfortable and uh yeah and uh look at radagast and what do you uh what do you what do you make of that uh, Radagast quickly like grabs his coffee off the table, <laughs> has the pipe in his other hand. But you do see the the shock is quickly like taken off of him as he looks down, and a curious like look goes over his face. Mm, looks like orc work. Where did you find this? Um, my uh, party and I found ourselves uh, amongst many goblins and we're lucky to make it out with our lives. This is one of a few things that we escaped with. I see. So, my birds have uh, given me good information then. I did want to hear it from you first. They saw your party coming out. I thought, what is your doing high pass but you were there and you did stop the goblins good that is good I would hate to worry about the high pass and the forest at the same time hmm dark things Yurik at hearing that sort of uh, scoots up in his chair kind of comes to and says what of the forest what's happened since I've been gone oh Nothing good. I was hoping that we would have more time after the dragon was killed in Dale and friends of mine got rid of the darkness in Mirkwood. I thought we would have more time before anything returned. Last year was a long one. And rumors from the south have grown, made me worried. But now I feel a darkness in the shadows of the trees as well. They're not recovering the way that they should. I thought that Greenwood the Great, as this forest used to be called, would return. But it's still in shadow. I think there are orcs on the move in the forest in the south and if so we have things to worry about I don't know 
I don't know why they would return. If the rumors from the south are true, darkness is returning to Mordor. And if it's returning here too, what could it be? I don't know. Nothing good. You mentioned, Yurik kind of leans in, you mentioned rumors, any rumors of a wolf. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting because like you and Ted probably heard a lot of the same rumors as you were resting. You came down south, you heard more, especially as you got in with the, the woodsmen. And now you get the chance to talk to Radagast about it. Yes. A long time ago. Mirkwood had a great wolf that hunted in its boughs. It was a hound of Sauron himself. When Sauron was here in Dol Gadur, he would go out, hunt any that dared use the old forest road. When the necromancer left, I thought that the wolf would leave too, and for the last decade I'd heard no rumors of it. But now suddenly it seems to be on the hunt again, and not just in the forest. I've heard that it may have been in the high pass as well. I've not seen it myself, but it seems to be hunting. Experienced hunters have reported sightings. I don't think they'd be making it up. Did this wolf you're speaking of have any known weaknesses? It's not like a normal wolf. You can kill it, but it's more spirit than physical. It will find another wolf to take. It hops from body to body. I don't know how to destroy its spirit or make it so weak that it can't do that anymore. It would take a great power, a great light. I'm not sure what. Yurik kind of nervously looks down at Finn, still eating the kibble, and then back at Radagast, as if to kind of ask without having to ask, uh, is is the good boy in danger? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Not in a healthy state. It's not powerful enough to take living beings. But if it's near death or recently died, I would worry about your hound. But it's if you encounter it. He kind of points you, the pipe at you. Hopefully you won't. Yurik, um, Yurik like clearly takes a little comfort in that and then um, asks um, or says says uh, Radagast about um, about last time last time we saw each other I wasn't uh, I wasn't quite myself I had seen things and uh, experienced things and all the while with no reports about the men that left with me still no reports about the men who left with me but I am sorry I accept your apology but I must ask 
that you also accept mine. I sent you out looking for any news of growing darkness in the forest, not knowing just what was lying in the boughs of Mirkwood. We still don't know. I sent you without any reports. I sent you without much knowledge and expected you to come back, all of you, high spirits and information that we could use. I've been spending many years watching over the animals of the forest and the people that live on the edge. I forget that every action, no matter how small, might have a consequence for you to come back angry it's only natural. I will remember to be more careful. And I will keep all of my spies gathering what information they can to find your men if they still live. Yurik uh, kind of goes to... Um kind of tap out his pipe, kind of empty it of the tobacco, um, kind of feels like a, a natural segue um, into, you know, we've, I've cut your kind of feels like we've level set. We've kind of, um, it, the past is water under the bridge. So I go to, I go to, your, uh, goes to stand and um, I ask Radagast the, the news you've given me is, um, is important and would be valuable to my party. But I'll be here for some time. Do you mind, um, if it wouldn't be too much trouble, um, sending some of your birds and notifying notifying the members of my party the news that you've shared with me? Yes, absolutely. Um, then he says, <clears throat> when spring comes, meet with them wherever you decided to meet them, and bring them here. I would like to speak with them. I think I have much use for a group of heroes that have saved a caravan from treacherous orcs in the High Pass. I don't think you realize just how important your names are becoming already. But when you meet with them, bring them to me we can discuss further what can be done. I want to ensure this folk moot that happens with your people goes well in the summer. And I want to ensure that every leader in the area shows up or sends a representative. I worry about Bjorn. He's reclusive, but we need his people on our side. I know that one that travels with you is a Bjorning. I would love to speak with her. Yurik at that at hearing that sort of um stiffens uh kind of goes less uh, less um uh kind of like browbeat horse or donkey and kind of more so like feels a little um I don't know gets a little prickly and uh looks at Radagast and says what do you know of Catvera 
Takes a big breath. She's so fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) Radagast says, I don't know, but sounds like a bad guy's name. That's all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Is she German or British, perhaps? She's a a boss-ass bitch. (laughs) Uh, He goes, there isn't much that I know. But what I do is that she does seem to have connections with the elves. She seems to have uh, some sort of friendship with them. And that her father was a great warrior. It's not that he has passed, but his adventuring days are over, unfortunately. But it is a good family. I know that. And they are... Wrathful against the darkness. We sure are. (laughs) But I would like to speak with her because I'm sure she would like to find perhaps answers. And I would hope that she would seek those answers with some wisdom. Perhaps I can help with that. Yurik, uh, Yurik kind of just pauses, reaches down, takes kind of like the last, like, finishes off like the last dregs of the black coffee and says, yeah, I think we would all benefit greatly from that. And um, says, I'll extend your invitation. And then kind of uh, starts to walk towards the, the exit. Cool. Um. Mechanically, um, what this all means, I mean, you've got some some good rumors and everything, but doing this and bringing everyone back, um, you kind of go up to the Easterly and then bring everyone back. This is kind of the first beginnings of making Radagast a patron as well. So um, it looks like he wants to use your group. And as you come and, and officially meet with him, you'll probably gain him as a patron at the same time. So it's kind of the first beginnings of that. Um, getting wham bam getting some patrons which is good because you're supposed to start with a patron and we didn't do that so um 1e rules man um but you know now you're gonna kind of make up for lost time a little bit and i think it works in the story um so you spend the rest of your kind of fellowship phase um resting getting ready to go back up to the easterly inn when the time comes as winter passes rocky training Uh, montage Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> rocky four you're in the snow you know the trees are around you you're like punching a tree <laughs> you're like pulling a pulling wood. a semi yeah <laughs> i love it meanwhile the gibbet king is like in a like super like lab that he's like oh yeah 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 Heart on fire. okay um <laughs> the gibbet king would be a communist too <laughs> <laughs> uh, our body <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, everybody um, gets a cage okay <laughs> speaking of uh cat vera cat vera what would you like to do during your fellowship phase uh cat vera is gonna head to the craig nice. um not our uh recording software craig <laughs> craig but the the crag i should the ca- say the carrick would, would yeah. you call this an aggro crag 
<laughs> how many how many yeah. pieces of the medallion I got or whatever? <laughs> Fuck. As much as the hint. Oh, okay. Um, sorry, sorry. I get my come on. my <laughs> the heyday, my parkour kid shows mixed yeah, up. The heyday of kid shows, man. Double Dare, uh, um, Global Guts, and yes. Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends man, of the Hidden Temple. Oof. Really formed who I was as a person. I wonder whether um, our fellowship name should be the Blue Barracudas. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Red Jaguars. Come on. <laughs> Although or I think the, it's the uh, purple monkeys type of guy. Maybe the silver snakes one more than anyone. Oh. <laughs> Slytherin over here. <laughs> this is Lord of the Rings. Uh, this is, this yeah. is a Harry Potter safe zone, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, How dare you? <laughs> um, yeah, Kevra wants to go back and talk to her peeps. Okay. So, um, who you who do you want to? Because the Carrick, the Craig, I guess. That is like a big, big ass rock in the middle of the river. That's like this kind of holy place for your people, right? Like you have meetings yeah. here. You have a f- like official stuff here. Uh, who are you hoping to meet here? Well, I definitely, Caver definitely wants to get with her father. Okay. And, and a holy place sounds perfect for what I have in mind and would like to call some sort of moot or council because uh, the fellowship a uh, phase activity that I would like to do is um, what's the wording? Recount a story. Okay, recount a story. Oh, I oh, interesting. This could be interesting. Okay, you um, then send word. Um, you definitely have time uh, to your family, who's still they're they're more of the like uh, you know they they move around. They're nomadic, you know. Right now, they're still under, like, the Eagle's Eerie a little bit. Um, And you summon them. You send word to Bjorn as well. And some of the elders of some of the other settlements to come and um, meet at the Carrick. And when you do, and when you have this little moot, this folk moot of your own, here's who shows up. Your father. Your father shows up. And... Bjorn himself does not show himself here, but he okay, sends he sends his right hand men, kind of his lieutenant that has has really been, like, someone of of influence who kind of goes around. You you recognize him. His name is Merovech. Okay, he's uh, a very good tennis player. <laughs> and uh, in the, uh, how do you spell that? that? M E R O V E C H. And his battle brother, who kind of goes with him everywhere as like his guard, Odo. O D O. Odo. They um they come. And Analda mm-hmm. also comes to okay. this moot. Okay. And and I would definitely recognize like Merovich and Odo, right? Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, these the, they are like almost the mouth of Bjorn because Bjorn does not travel really right. from his They're home. like his ambassadors, essentially. Yes. Yeah. And all this sometimes plays that. Him. Yeah. And all this sometimes plays that role. But she's traveling so much that, you know, she hasn't really, really done that. Um, 
She's too busy selling seashells by the seashore. Yeah. You, <laughs> exactly. You uh, also send word to some of the other towns. The only town that sends like a representative is the sta- town of uh, Stonyford. Stoneford? Stone. Let, me, let me make sure I get this name right here. Uh, yeah, Stonyford. Uh, and they send uh, what seems to be like, you know, it's a small town. I don't know how much you visited Stonyford or not. It's down in the south a little bit more uh, along the river. Um, it's down below the ford to, to cross. Um, they send a, a man named Willifred to uh, to this folk moot. And right away, you can tell he's more sword than he is uh, mouth. But, you know, at least okay. they have some sort hey, of... Hey, that's fine by me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a little bit of a representation. You certainly have the most important people here that you need. You know Bjorn's going to hear whatever you have to say. Um mm-hmm. How would you like to play out this telling of tales? Yeah, so I, I picture, uh, you know, they're sort of maybe sitting in a semicircle, and uh, I'm, I, I approach the middle and, and face them, and, and Cat Vera uh, will address them and say, My fellow Bjornings, father. Merovich, Odo, Willifred, and Inalda. Uh, I've returned from my second warning, and I come with news. First, I'm happy to report, and Inalda can confirm, that the dread of the High Pass has been slain by my own hand. Uh, up uppers <laughs> <laughs> up years uh analda like kind of raises her hand up and says it has been seen it is known <laughs> it, is, it is known <laughs> um and also on our way back down um we me and my party went into a goblin hideout and we also slew the wannabe goblin king that was rising up in place of the previous usurper and he is slain as well then you see like nods from the semicircle like very pleased the uh, oh yeah oh, <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> the dark axe has been recovered um, and is currently being held by uh, my companion Rory uh, a dwarf who deserves uh, such a weapon and from what I have seen he will use it well uh, sometimes if I don't get to him first <laughs> rude he called dibs <laughs> <laughs> from from afar, I just I uh, Rory's dibs. nose yeah. twitches. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is smearing my name from afar. <laughs> um, in that goblin cave, we also recovered a letter that I believe is written in the dark speech that I cannot translate. That hopefully 
uh, Analda or uh, one of you can translate because we have uh, heard word of one that calls himself the Chained One. And he will be my next quarry along with a great wolf that we had an encounter with that retreated before I could um, pass final judgment upon it. Mirovich speaks up first. The Chained One. Yes. I've heard rumor of that name. Only spoken by orcs. Hmm. Yes, it was from orcs that we heard this name. Interesting. I'll look into it more. I do not know the lore of this Chained One, but if multiple parties are talking about him, especially those of darkness, we must find him destroy him. I'll bring this news to Bjorn. Um, your father kind of speaks up next and says, uh, Great Wolf, what do you mean? What have you seen? A wolf, uh, a warg as large as I've ever encountered, father, um, with, it was all like scarred up, right? Yeah, it was like half burned with uh, burns and scars all over its body eyes red like fire um, that pierced through the darkness um, it retreated when we actually lit torches and, and got close to the to our campfire it, it retreated after we put a couple of blows upon it um, and we there was other concerns that we could not give give chase immediately your father just like you just see him silence for a second a red eye yes it was leading the wargs that took my arm I do not like had, speaking of it I had a feeling in my spirit father that this warg might have had a history with you I don't know what this beast is like nothing I've seen either Perhaps this darkness growing, this chained when you speak of it, something that connects them. Uh, Analda then stands up. I do not wish to make assumptions about this council. Or to say that we do not have the information we need. But I have heard of one they call Radagast. He is very wise, and the woodsmen seem to trust him. And Odo, like, kind of groans, like, I know, I know, they have not bothered us. That's a different discussion. I would seek out Radagast, especially if you have a message and some sort of dark speech. Yes, one of my companions, Yurik, uh, is from the woods and knows Radagast. And perhaps when we all come back together again in the spring, we can uh, meet with him and hopefully get more information. But I do believe that Arome has set a path before me in visions and dreams and my steps always moving forward towards darkness so that I might be a light against it. And I wish to be taken up as a herald of Arome and take a token 
in his name a tattoo of a spear and a horse to represent him so that all my battles might be done in his name so that the shadow has no hold against me. And this is a distinctive feature that I would like to propose to you that is not on the list, Christopher. Ooh, let's do it. We're already. I would it up. like to trade in because it, in firsty it's called steadfast. Yeah. But in second it's willful. Okay. So fierce is sort of taking a place of the wrathful. Um, okay. Distinctive feature which fierce is. Yeah, as, as you look, this fellowship uh, task basically yes. allows you to change out your distinctive features two for two. Um, distinctive features mechanically is a good time to talk about it. Um, now, if you want to invoke them, say you wanted to invoke this fierce trait, if you did something with that ferocity that made sense, like from a roleplay perspective, you can spend a point of hope and you get um, an extra d6 to roll on whatever you're trying to do. Sick. So yeah, fierce is when provoked or when you deem it necessary, you may allow your savage side to emerge so I'm kind of... because wrathful isn't on the list yeah. for 2e. There's and some then changes. willful is straight up just the same wording as steadfast was, which was... Interesting. Um, you are firm in temperament and belief and usually base your actions solely on your own judgment. I'm now switching that out for one I'm proposing to you uh, that I'm calling Zealous. Go on. Which I will, which is instead of being firm in temperament and belief and usually uh, my actions are based solely on my own judgment, I am now fighting as a holy warrior for a Roma against the darkness and will base my actions on what I believe he would want me to do. I love that. I love that. Let's definitely, definitely do that. Um, and you do feel as you like tell this tale and you do this kind of ritual, it's like a ritual for your people, this tattoo, um, you you feel this change like you you mentally like are determined in this new way from your adventure um under the stars on the carrick you know this happens and um you do feel like arome was p pushing all of your group and with all of your group fighting almost alongside you your ferocity and your damage and all this stuff these 1E plus special damage that I accidentally mashed together and made you guys hit really hard. <laughs> you feel that maybe Arome was like pushing you here. But now your test is before you, the real test. You have your quarry. Now you must find it. And Arome is testing you. Will you get such help again? Maybe not. So up to your prowess now. All right. As you kind of look up to the stars, those same stars, we pan back down. And Rory is looking at the lonely mountain that blots out some of those stars in the night as evening has fallen. And a little bit warmer than it's been for you, Rory, has yeah. that chill has passed from you. Yeah, just that like little chill down the spine. Oh yeah, he, he 
weird kid. I don't know. I just, you know, sometimes you, you know, weird vibes, but. <laughs> that was some sexy cinematography, Chris. I like how you yeah, panned up yeah. to the stars, yeah. kept it on the stars, panned out. Now we're on Rory. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm into it. Cinematography. A much less Cinnamon. cool character, but it's okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I also, I also do want to Rory's return, a fan favorite, okay? I also do want to return <laughs> back to the fact that, Kat Vera, did you just get a tattoo? I did. All right, yeah. Radagast, I also, I failed to mention, but Radagast also tattooed Europe. So I'm coming back. We're gonna compare tattoos. I'm coming yeah. back. I'm coming so, I'm coming back with a chess piece, by the way. So yeah. just heads up. <laughs> Are we calling her Tat Vera yeah. now? Oh you stole it from me. I was gonna make a joke. <laughs> great minds, great minds. Sorry. Great sorry. Minds. Oh my god. Yeah. Um uh Radigas, that's gonna be spelled M O M if you can just start with that. <laughs> uh, it just says uh, Los Angeles Dodgers champ Dodgers champions. Oh, no, no, Gondor Griffiths. Yeah, Gondor Griffiths. That's right. Sixteen forty-two. Uh, we enter the edge of Dale, uh, the main road heading to Erebor as well. Not yeah, Erebor. As Groth Erebor, I'm getting all confused. Um, Rory, what would you like to do uh, as we wrap up our individual tasks here? Yeah, so uh, something interesting about Rory is, um, well, uh, there's a lot of interesting things. We, we, know, <laughs> we, know, we, we, know many, we know many interesting things about Rory that make him quite a character. Um, but to, to bring back kind of how we have transitioned into the second edition, um, one of the initial character traits that prompted the whole idea behind Rory was bitter exile. Yeah. And... Um, <clears throat> Rory as a character, I always envisioned as somebody, you know, he, he's, he's from the Dwarves of Lonely Mountain, but for some reason or, or another, the desolation of Smog came and his family was, was a part of those who were kind of in that initial exile. But not, not only that, when they came back in, like all of the status that he had, I always feel like was, you know, someone else had you know, slipped into the slot in the way that uh, those sort of things happen in disaster. So his family lost everything and then lost it all again. Um, and so he's you know, been very bitter about that in, in such a way that he's always never really felt like saying you know, his, his, his full name or taking, taking the name that was kind of presented to him you know, in, in his birthright. But um, I think what this uh what i would actually so to flash back for a second right before we all leave i want to um rory kind of gathers us you know right before we're all there and we're sitting there with the kid rory's going to yeah. and with ted and everything because you know ted had been my previous adventuring partner and i want to be like right. listen guys i know we're kind of splitting ways and it's yule tide but uh i wanted to present a little yule gift to you and uh, to each of you, including Cat Vera, but with Cat Vera, it, oh. it doesn't, you don't, you don't get uh, the smoking bit. You get a little stone pipe that uh, Rory has carved because he's, he's a stone, he had stonecraft and stone carving. And uh, it's, you know, pretty simple in the front, but it's just a little like goblin caricature with a crown on top. <laughs> and it's just like, all right, this is yes. what you can use when you're telling your stories and you're smoking your pipe. This is, this is what we need to do. And um, as 
so he gives those gifts to you, and you know, Kevera, it's just a little one. It's not a pipe. It's just the, the funny head of the king that you can show off to people that I know that you're probably going to throw away, but whatever. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as the last thing he's sitting there talking to all of you, he's, uh, you see a, a new confidence kind of in Rory after this whole adventure. And um, Chris, you gave us at the beginning of uh, the last episode, you said we gave all got a virtue as a part of this kind of starting the second edition. And so I chose confidence for Rory. Rory gets plus two max hope points. He also gets a lot of confidence. And part of the way that you're going to see that kind of is, uh, you know, as, as of course, we're going to be telling the story of this. Ted, I know, is already going to be uh, we, but because um, we all need, you know, proof this was us. We did all these really cool, awesome things. This is some great branding, you know, you know, <laughs> up your prices, absolutely. Um, but as uh, I would appreciate it, you know, you know, as we're saying each other's names, because, you know, gotta, gotta boost everybody up, uh, you know, this, uh, the, the great accomplishments of uh, these things, uh, were uh you you were you were fighting alongside Rory Goblin's Bane. That's uh that that's who I am. So, you know, don't forget don't forget that. You know, this is who I you know, I feel like, you know, we have uh we've accomplished a lot of great things and we've destroyed quite a lot of goblins. So uh that is uh that that is who I think I would like to be called from now on. This is, you know, the adventures of Rory Goblin's Bane. That has a nice ring to it. I'll have to have somebody else write that for me because I don't write. Um, okay, so uh, flash forward back. RGB. Yeah, flash forward back to um, me sitting in Dale. And, uh, you know, I have this, I, I, I want to take this name now. And so uh, one of the reasons I wanted to go to Dale is because, A, I have this cool axe with this weird dwarf, dwarven history that we found in the bottom of a goblin pit, essentially. So I know that the dwarves of the Lonely Mountain, I don't want to go to the Lonely Mountain because those guys suck and I hate them. Um, <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> but but the but uh, I like to think that uh, growing up, you know, all of the exiled dwarves of Dale kind of had their own little community, and that's where Rory really felt he fit in most. But he also knows that the really the best craftsmen of the dwarves from the mountains would come out to Dale from time to time, and so he's going to go to yeah. some like appraiser, some sort of person, and he wants to. Um, spend this i want to do two things which is uh or kind of mix two of the endeavors that you can do uh both yeah. are study magical items and then um recount a story uh study magical items obviously i want to learn a little bit more about these uh the, the acts especially maybe uh you know if lore wise along the way um you uh when we were with the kid kind of traveling through the elven path we were kind of looking at his stuff as well. I was, I, you know, it's very much investigated. I like, in fact, going back to um, uh, Uric's the montage video. Definitely, it's the whole montage video of the Elven Path is either uh, Rory telling every single person in the caravan the story over and over again, and it just gets more and more and more <laughs> embellished each time. And then in between that, it's definitely a, like a shirtless montage of him like swinging the axe, you know, trying things out, pulling the cart, looking very cool. Because, you know, he feels, I just feel like Rory's definitely in that, 
you know, coming to self moment of, you know, like, yeah, I'm a little almost too cocky because I've done some cool things. Um, so I don't know, I don't know exactly, Chris, how you want to resolve that in terms of studying magical items. But uh, I, you know, the whole reason of going to Dale was go to experts. Okay, this is a cool dwarf. What, what, what could we, you know, we see the runes here. I'm trying to unlock the mysteries of this sort of uh, object and become, um, you know, have this really become something I can use in my adventures and become, you know, the heroic weapon that I uh, use to defeat my enemies. Yeah. Um, as as you're kind of going around Dale and uh, talking with dwarves, going in and out of inns, you know, you certainly have enough money to spend a wintering like phase uh, in Dale. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the like festival comes around at some point for the Battle of Five Armies, and that's a really good time to like you see all the best craftsmen out. Yeah. You know, you're able to get like a lot of information. Awesome. Um, you find out this Azenbark axe was actually um, held by um, a dwarf named Noth, N-O-T-H. Um, he was a great kind of like a head warden, almost like the head of the guard in a dwarven uh, stronghold known as Grey Delve. Greydelve is north of the Mirkwood Forest. It has been long since overrun by goblins. Um, it's one of the many, many places in um, kind of the Withered Heath Grey Mountain area above north of the forest that um, was overrun many times and retaken many times by the dwarves of old, mm-hmm. uh, long before Smog. Um, and was actually run out by other great worms of the north. Not Smog himself, but very similar story to uh, the Lonely yeah. Mountain. The Lonely Mountain, of course, was far more rich and popular. But um, the Grey Delve was one of the outlying outposts keeping watch in the north that has long since like fallen, and now okay. goblins have taken over. And you think that um, perhaps... One day, you could retake it. You know, the Lonely Mountain's been retaken, and that was a far bigger task than um, getting rid of some orcs that may or may not still be in the Grey Delve. Mm-hmm. You would need help, absolutely. Um, and you know that uh, specifically, um, Balin, who was part of the famous uh, retaking of Erebor, uh, is usually the most open to hearing about retaking old dwarven fortifications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have already heard in the 10 years since Lonely Mountain, he's making quite the fuss to King Dane about retaking Moria, who has been adamantly, no, this is not going to happen. Yeah. We're going to get <coughs> ourselves killed in a few <laughs> Which, you know, probably doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you've already heard rumor of of Balin kind of taking the, the front on that. Um, yeah. It's hard to get uh, uh, a meeting with him. But if you also think if you could take the Grey Delve back, that would be quite the name. It would be. Uh, it would quite be. The, the stronghold and history for this Goblin's Bane family name. So um, perhaps you have a little bit of uh, insight into 
what you could do for your own yeah, legacy. Absolutely. Um, so you definitely learn that over time okay. um, about okay. this axe. The yeah. way that that, in, that endeavor works is it's really for like magic items like the belt um, that you're able to like, you know, find information on. Yeah. For your axe, you'll have to spend, you have to upgrade your valor if you want to learn about the other thing about the axe or turn something in, um, which right now I, I don't think you have like anything special to turn into your people. No, or I did spend my adventuring points to upgrade my valor though. That was one of the reasons I nice. got the second, um, the second upgrade, which we can discuss here in a second. Perfect. The way I'm going to do this this time, because okay. you know, I like, yeah, you don't yeah. really get like, since you upgraded your valor and you're going to take this endeavor, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, unlock that second just, thing about the axe. I'm just really curious. Uh, I wanted to know really badly what it was. <laughs> yeah. First of all, I've already made a mistake. Um, the Grievous is actually a, a more serious version of Grievous. It's not just plus one damage, plus two. Ooh. So um, instead of six plus one, it's six plus two. So you have eight total damage on that axe as you wow. kind of clean it up maybe you take it to some of the smiths and they like they hone that edge um the other thing is called my notes <laughs> it's called uh cleaving Cleave. it gives you the the ability anytime you attack another foe engaged with you um, and you kill that foe you can immediately attack another one. Yes. Okay. That's amazing. <laughs> Sean's like, can I get that on a bow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, a bow with like, will it in, be amazing. Immediately go through a, a head to another head? Is that cleaving? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe with a blister. Uh, yeah. Keep laughing. You just wait. Awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I think, okay. So um, that's perfect. So the... Um, to, to go back to kind of our upgrades with second edition, I got those mm -hmm. two um, kind of upgrades or whatever, what were they called? Um, uh, rewards. Rewards. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. So we got those two rewards. So one of my first edition kind of flavors when I was setting up the character is um, as a dwarf, you can kind of get a really cool item. And so I chose the Helm of Awe. So to kind of flavor that out, That's I right. want to... I want to get a, um, a reinforced helm. And so that will, uh, it does some protection or uh, I forget exact, I'm not looking at the item in front of me, but uh, the reinforced yeah. helm, I wanted to have kind of that helm of effect. So it just, the, they, the description is like, you know, it literally has a you know, disfigured face to kind of, you know, terrify and intimidate your foes. But I want to flavor this. Yeah. I want to flavor this to look kind of like a caricature of a scary goblin. And then I want to have like in its forehead kind of like a, a branded in like crown that kind of looks like it was smashed or cracked in. And then um, like a, a piece of like a big tusked jaw that forms like the throat guard. Um, just as like this intimidating thing. And I, all of this to kind of come back and flavor uh, the notion yeah. of, you know, the rest of my uh you know time out here in dale 
all I'm doing is drinking and telling the story more and more embellished over and over again. So I like, as I go and get this cool helm, I'm using it and telling it as I'm getting drunk and, you know, using the helmet to to kind of waving it around in in the bars and just my goal, you know, the other part of when I wanted to, you know, we were looking at the the magic items. I wanted to look at, you know, telling the story because I wanted to spread the goblin blade, the Rory goblins blade name in, in terms of this. And, you know, I will even go so far as to say Rory gets really cocky and starts claiming, you know, the whole thing. You know, by the end of it, he's the one who slays the Goblin King and is, you know, chased out by a hundred hordes with the help of, you know, <laughs> you know, it just gets wilder and wilder each time. Which can come back to bite them. I'm totally okay with that. You know, that that is something that can happen. Uh, some character okay. growth opportunities there. But... Um, Rory's whole goal is, you know, he wants to get these items, but these items are really tailored around. I am, you know, this goblin's bane person. I am this, you know, this kind of character is who I am now. He's he's like, you know, a young dwarf who's leaning a little too hard into his thing. Yeah, I love that. I love that these rumors have already been like growing but you just again like ted fuel the fire which the two treasure hunters i feel like it's perfect for them to do oh absolutely um so one of these nights you have had a few drinks you've told your story you're feeling good you're walking down the street of dale maybe heading back to wherever you're staying now the corner of your eye you see a crouched figure Mm. Not really crouched, but just bundled up against a wall. They look thin. They look like almost unrecognizable as a few weeks have, maybe a couple weeks have passed or maybe just a week or two. But you see the kid in the corner of the street of Dale. And we'll see you next time. (laughs) (laughs) The kid... What are you doing?